Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. Today we'll be reading Chapter 16 of The Gift of Tongues, pages 158 to 161. This is the conclusion of the book, Gift of Tongues. The reader program will go for about 10 minutes, and then we'll read with commentary. We'll go to that point. The guest call-in number is 917-889-8827, and they will be open the entire, the entirety of the show. That's 917-889-8827. Here we go. Conclusion. Chapter 16 of Gift of Tongues. Pages 158 to 161, we stand at a critical juncture in the destiny of this wicked generation. We may have already fallen into enough wickedness to prove our apostasy and suffer our deserved destruction with the rest of the world. Or, we may heed the warnings of the prophets to repent and get back to living the original and eternal principles of the gospel. But that will take an about-face, which would be too difficult for most people. Mormonism has become a world church, with worldly ways. By showing God our faith and repentance, God may restore those gifts to us. We may again receive revelation, prophecy and even the gift of tongues to guide us through the coming catastrophes. There is hope for a few faithful souls, because some prophecies indicate that a few people will prove true to God and will help usher in the great promised millennium. According to scripture the time is coming when there will be many grand gifts and powerful blessings given to these few faithful saints. Person Pratt referred to these prophecies when he said, The missionaries who are sent with this great latter-day message, are destined to go forth unto the ends of the earth, unto the Gentiles first, and then behold, and lo, they shall turn unto the Jews. And then cometh the day, when the arm of the Lord shall be revealed in power in convincing the nations, the heathen nations, the house of Joseph, of the gospel of their salvation. For it shall come to pass in that day, that every man shall hear the fullness of the gospel in his own tongue, and in his own language, through those who are ordained unto this power, by the administration of the Comforter, shed forth upon them for the revelation of Jesus Christ. By this extract from modern revelation, it will be perceived that we do not look for the full manifestations of the Lord's power, until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Although we now look for the blessings and signs promised to believers, Yet we know that there will be a manifold increase of these precious gifts and powers, when the day alluded to shall arrive. 
we are thankful to obtain blessings even in a small degree. And when we see these blessings increasing from year to year, in proportion to our faith and diligence, we are still more encouraged to contend earnestly for the faith once delivered to the saints, believing that it gets ceased gradually, and not all at once, in proportion to the decrease of faith, so they will be restored gradually in proportion to the increase of faith. The Prophet Joseph also spoke of this future time. One of the most important points in the faith of the Church of the Latter-day Saints, through the fullness of the everlasting gospel is the gathering of Israel. That happy time when Jacob shall go up to the house of the Lord, to worship him in spirit and in truth, to live in holiness. When the Lord will restore his judges as at the first, and his counselors as at the beginning. When every man may sit under his own vine and fig tree, and there shall be none to molest or make afraid. When he will turn to them a pure language, and the earth will be filled with sacred knowledge, as the waters cover the great deep. When it shall no longer be said, The Lord lives that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but the Lord lives that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north, and from all the lands whither he has driven them. That day is one, all important to all men. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith men shall develop and progress in knowledge and understanding until they shall all learn the pure language of God. Will there be a pure language restored? There will, through the testimony of the Prophets. We are also told that tongues shall cease. We are to understand by this that the great varieties of languages and tongues that have existed on the earth for many ages are to be done away they are to cease. Now something must take the place of those imperfect, confused languages and tongues. What is that something? It is a language that is spoken by higher orders of beings than ourselves. That is, beings that have progressed further than ourselves. It is that same language that was spoken for nearly 2000 years after the creation that was spoken by Adam and by his children, from generation to generation that came down to the flood, and was taught extensively among the children of Noah until the Lord by direct miracle caused the people to forget their own mother tongue, and gave them a variety of new tongues of which they had no knowledge, and by this means scattered them abroad upon the face of the whole earth. As man's mind expands and his desires are for truth and righteousness, he begins to expand in his views and comprehends things faster. As man continues to progress, both in this life and in the life to come, he will develop new faculties and powers in his ability to communicate intelligence. For instance, how do you suppose that spirits, after they leave these bodies, communicate one with another? Do they communicate their ideas by the actual vibrations of the atmosphere the same as we do? I think not. I think if we could be made acquainted with the kind of language by which spirits converse with spirits, we would find that they do not communicate their ideas in this manner. They have a more refined way. I mean that portion of them that are in the school of progress. They have undoubtedly a more refined system among them of communicating their ideas. 
This system will be so constructed that they cannot only communicate at the same moment upon one subject, as we have to do by making sounds in the atmosphere, but communicate vast numbers of ideas, all at the same time, on a great variety of subjects, and the mind will be capable of perceiving them. The prophets of God spoke as they were moved upon by the Holy Ghost. So, too, should men learn that speaking in a native language or in an unknown tongue ought to be done by the power and the influence of the Spirit of God, or else the communication is of little avail. The purpose of the tongue is that it be controlled and directed in its power to do good. A man's sanctification is commensurate with his ability to speak the mind and will of God and dash to edify and to bless, for faith cometh by the hearing of the word of God. One of the most important duties of man is to teach the gospel. Only through the medium of the spirit of God shall men and nations achieve unity in language and in peace. Words are used in healing the sick. They confirm every gospel ordinance. Through words we speak and for God. Hearing the word of God will do more to change mankind than any other influence. It is through speaking that souls can be saved, nations can be brought to learn peace, and the kingdom of God can be established among nations. The greatest single effect from speaking will come from words which will increase faith and cause men to repent and to serve God. Serve God. Conclusion. Chapter 16 of the Gift of Tongues, pages 158 to 161. Once again, the guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. We stand at a, criti a critical juncture in the destiny of this wicked generation. We may have already fallen into enough wickedness to prove our apostasy and suffer our deserved destruction with the rest of, of the world. Or we may heed the warnings of the prophets to repent and get back to living the original and eternal principles of the gospel. But that will take an about, but that will take an about face, which would be too difficult for most people. Mormonism has become a world church with worldly ways. By showing God our faith and repentance, God may restore those gifts to us. We may again receive revelation, prophecy, and even the gift of tongues to guide us through the coming catastrophes. There is hope for a few faithful souls because... Some prophecies indicate that a few people will prove true to God and will help usher in the great promised millennium. So Isaiah talks a lot about the remnant. Uh, he said it will be a tenth of a tenth of the elect. So I don't know what that would be. Uh, 16 million. 
1.6 million would be a tenth of 16 million, and then it'll be a a percent of that, or a, I don't know. It, it's a it's pretty small number, but anyway, continuing on. According to the scriptures, the time is coming when there will be many grand gifts and powerful blessings given to these few faithful saints. Orson Pratt referred to these prophecies when he said, quote, The missionaries who are sent with the great Latter-day message are destined to go forth into the, unto the ends of the earth and to the Gentiles first, and then behold and lo, they shall turn unto the Jews, and then cometh the day when the arm of the Lord shall be revealed in power in convin- the convincing the nations, the heathen nations, the house of Joseph, of the gospel of their salvation. For it shall come to pass in that day that every man shall hear the fullness of the gospel in his own tongue and in his own language. Through those who are now who are ordained by this power, by the administration of the Comforter, shed forth upon them for the re- revelation of Jesus Christ. By this extract from modern revelation, it will be perceived that we do not look for the full manifestation of the Lord's power until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Although we may look for the blessings and the signs promised to believers, yet we know that there will be a manifold increased increase in these precious gifts and powers. When the day alluded to shall arrive, we are thankful to obtain blessings even in a small degree. And when we see these blessings increase, increasing from year to year in proportion to our faith and diligence, we are still more encouraged to contend earnestly for the faith once delivered to the saints. See, and that's what the fundamentalists do. They try to uh, they try to keep what the original instructions were. So they're not the greatest at it. And it's not all about polygamy. There's a lot more to it than that. But, um, you know, I think two of the biggest ones, though, are the law of consecration with United Orders and the law of adoption and the sealing power. And uh, we know that Wilford Woodruff did away with those things, too, in the 1890s. It wasn't just polygamy that he gave up. But most people don't realize that. Anyway, let's see here. Believing that as gifts cease gradually and not all at once in the proportion to the decrease of faith, so they will be restored gradually in proportion to the increase of faith. And that was recorded in the church publication, The Millennial Star, volume 28, pages five, or page 516. The prophet Joseph Smith also spoke of this future time when he said, quote, One of the most important points in the faith of the church of the Latter-day Saints through the fullness of the everlasting gospel is the gathering of Israel. 
that happy time when Jacob shall go up to the house of the Lord and to worship him in spirit and in truth, to live in holiness, which means to live a set-apart life, set apart from the world, um, when the Lord will restore his judges as at first and his counselors as at the beginning, when every man may sit under his own vine and fig tree, and there shall be none to molest or make afraid, when he will turn to them in a pure language, and the earth will be filled with sacred knowledge, as the waters cover the great deep, when it shall no longer be said, The Lord lives that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but the Lord lives that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands, whether he has driven them. That day is one, all important to all men. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 93. Men shall de develop and progress in knowledge and understanding until they shall all learn the pure language of God. Will there be a pure language restored? There will, through the testimony of the prophets. We are also told that tongues shall cease. We are to understand by this that the great variations of tongues, or variety of tongues and languages have, that have existed on the earth for many ages are to be done away. They are to cease. Now something must take their place of those imperfect, confused languages and tongues. What is that something? It is the language that is spoken by higher orders of beings than ourselves. That is, beings that have progressed further than ourselves. It is that same language that was spoken for nearly 2,000 years after the creation and that was spoken by Adam and all of his children from generation to generation that came down to the, to the flood and was taught extensively among the children of Noah until the Lord, by a direct miracle, caused the people to forget their own mother tongue and gave them a variety of new tongues of which they had no knowledge and by this means scattered them abroad on the face of the, earth, the whole earth." End quote. Orson Pratt, Masterful Discourses, that's his book, page 497. As man's mind expands and desires are for truth and righteousness, he begins to expand in his views and comprehends things faster. As men continue to progress, both of them, both in this life and in the life to come, he will develop new faculties and powers in his ability to communicate intelligence. For instance, how do you suppose the spirits, after they leave these bodies, communicate one with another? Do they communicate their ideas by the actual vibrations of the atmosphere, the same as we do? He's talking about the voice box, making the vibrations of noise. I think not. I think if we could be made acquainted with the kind of language by which spirits converse with spirits, we would find that they do not communicate their ideas in this manner. They have a more refined way. I mean that portion of them that are in the school of pro 
progress, they have undoubtedly a more refined system among them of communicating their ideas. This system will be so constructed that they cannot only communicate at the same moment upon the one subject as we have to do by making sounds in the atmosphere, but communicate vast numbers of ideas all at the same time on a gr great variety of subjects, and the mind will be capable of perceiving them." End quote. Orson Pratt, Masterful, Masterful Discourses, page 498. So we're at 84% right now which means this program is going to be about 30 minutes long. I only do one chapter a day. On Mondays, my wife cannot read because she will be gone. Uh, they have a class that they do on Monday nights. So I, it'll probably be a pretty short program. But if we have any guest callers, we can take them. Uh, the guest caller number is 917-889-8827. The prophets of God spoke as they were moved upon by the Holy Ghost. So too should men learn that speaking in a native language or in an unknown tongue ought to be done by the power and influence of the Spirit of God, or else the communication is of little avail. The purpose of the tongue is that, is that it be controlled and directed in its power to do good, a man's satisfaction is commiserate with his ability to speak the mind and will of God, to edify and to bless, for faith cometh by the hearing of the word of God. One of the most important duties of man is to teach the gospel. Only through the medium of the Spirit of God shall men and nations achieve unity in language and in peace. Words are used in healing the sick, they confirm every gospel ordinance, through words we speak to and for God, hearing the word of God will do more to change mankind than any other influence. It is through speaking that souls can be saved, nations can be brought to learn peace, and the kingdom of God can be established among the nations. The greatest single effect from the speaking will come from words which will increase faith and cause men to repent and serve God. <clears throat> so that is the reading for the program today. And uh, I know it's short, but I want to keep it down to one chapter per episode. Or if the chapter is long, then, uh, you know, we'll do a chapter in parts, but I don't want to do more than one chapter at a time. Also, I'm not sure, again, which book I'm going to be reading next. Um, I did a poll on one of my main groups and asked people what they wanted to listen to, and nobody... Well, I think one person voted for one of the books that I gave them an option, and I gave them, like, I don't know, 30 or 40 books to choose from. And uh, <clears throat> I've already read that book. It was uh, Holy Priesthood Volume 4, and it's all about polygamy, and I'm tired of the topic. Uh, I'm tired of arguing about the topic. I'm just done. So, I actually, the other day, 
somebody was arguing in one of my groups about how horrible polygamy is and it's nowhere in the Bible and like nowhere commanded in the Bible and all this and I kept giving them scriptures, you know, well, actually it says this, actually it says that, you know, and um, I don't have time to be like going and sifting out scriptures for people that can do their own work, you know, looking for them themselves. They just don't care. You know, these individuals don't care what the scriptures say. And even if they do get, like, if they do read it, they'll say, oh, that was changed by somebody. It doesn't matter. And it's just a lie. You know, I know by revelation why polygamy is something that God allows. And it's important. And I'm sad that people don't accept my revelation or the instructions given in Torah about it. But whatever. So, um, anyway, this one woman, I posted one of uh, my old radio pro- programs, uh, and it's all about Moses and the law, or in polygamy and the law, in the Torah. And, uh, you know, it was like 24 pages long, and all of the scriptures that I was talking about are in that article, and I sent the text to what that book is, and I sent the audio of me doing the radio show. And they said, we don't have time to do all of that. Or she did, not they. We don't have time to do all of that. And I was like, I sent her a video. And um, when I suspended her from my my, uh, my platform, because I'm just tired of arguing with these people, you know. And I was like, look, lady, you, you're talking to the wrong person. I drive a semi-truck 60 to 70 hours every week I have a family five kids and a wife a farmhouse and a 10 acre farm with animals Um, and I do this radio show and I drive at night so it's really hard to sleep during the day and then I I try to get up and I do this you know it takes usually a regular show will take me about three hours to prepare and then I will you know then I'm when I'm driving I on the radio show, so another hour, two, three hours, whatever it takes, you know, so um, if I have time to do this, then she has time to skim, uh, you know, the text to the chapter that I sent her and find the scriptures and go look them up for herself, but she doesn't care, so, and I'll say it again to you guys, what I said to her, in Jacob chapter 2, It is an abomination for wicked people to live polygamy. They're not doing it for the right reasons. In that same chapter, it talks about raising up children, or raising up seed unto the Lord. And some people will say, well, that means that we're going to raise up a whole bunch of kids. That doesn't have anything to do with raising up a righteous seed. Numbers don't matter. God's not concerned about quantities, concerned about quality. And he doesn't want his righteous elect daughters going among the Gentiles and among the pagans and the heathens to find husbands. He wants those children born in the covenant. And because according to the statistics of 2009, and these statistics hold firm today, that there were 124 females for every male in the church. So there's 24 
females more than every male. And so those 24 females will have to go outside of the covenant to find husbands, which God does not want. He wants those children to be raised by a righteous mother and father who will teach them correct principles, teach them the gospel, and not have a, you know, unequally yoked marriages. Because there are many more elect females than there are males, God also wants that there's a sealing ordinance that has to happen in order for you to receive exaltation and eternal life. You have to be sealed to a man if you're a woman, and you have to be sealed to a woman if you're a man. And if there are more elect females than there are males, then then women are have, will have to share in the sealings of their husbands. That's not what God wants, but because of free agency and because of wickedness among the genders and a, and a disproportionate uh, number of, of women and men, like, it's not the same. So God allows polygamy, but if everything was perfect, it would be a one-on-one. So anyway, um, I was just talking about that in this group, and, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm sick and tired of people flipping out about polygamy because they don't like it, because in reality, these people are Gentiles, they are not interested in the things of God. Church has become a social thing for them. And um, if it goes against what they want, what they think, they will flip out over it. And or Joseph Smith actually had, you know, problems too. He said getting anything into the heads of the saints is like pounding a, a wedge, a corn dodger wedge or a cornbread wedge into a hemlock nut, which was a a very hard wood anyway, and then the knot's even more hard, you know, it's just impossible, and that people fly to pieces like glass whenever anything goes against their traditions, which is why God couldn't restore all that he wanted to in the beginning of the restoration. He couldn't restore his true name because people wouldn't accept it. He couldn't restore um, polygamy right off the bat, even though it's a very important thing, and it really is. Uh, he couldn't restore the uh, times and seasons of the Moedim or the holy days of Jehovah. Like there's a bunch of things that he wanted to restore, but the saints, they just, they couldn't take it. There were a bunch of Gentiles. And God was trying to use Joseph Smith to bring them back, you know, to restore the truth to them and and Joseph did restore a lot of truth but there's a lot of things that he wasn't able to finish uh, because the people just couldn't take it anyway so uh, we'll just uh, go to the point where we'll see if we have any phone calls and if not then one the program early tonight um, there is a doctrine of Christ call tonight it's Monday night Phil Davis is going to be speaking on Isaiah And you can find that at DoctrineOfChrist.com or go to the Facebook page, Doctrine of Christ. And um, there will be a posting there about an event that uh, takes place from 8 p.m. until they're finished, usually about, I don't know, two and a half to four hours. It, It just varies. So anyway, but that'll start at 8 p.m. 
Mountain Standard Time, or may, maybe it's Mountain Daylight Time. Whatever Utah time is on, that's that's the time that we'll be starting. So, anyway, uh, let's go to see if there's anybody in the call screening room. Once again, the number is 917-889-8827. That's a New York, New York number for a Manhattan, New York number. And... Uh, if you can't call long distance, then try using Skype. I have people call me uh, internationally from all over the world using Skype. So that's one way that you can call in if you don't have long distance. But most cell phone providers do have long distance, and most people have cell phone providers. So anyway, all right, well, we'll go to that point. Thank you for listening, everyone. Take care. All right, looks like Emmett just dropped off. Um, I don't know where he went. But anyway, so, uh, excuse me, I'm just getting going in my truck right now. So we don't have anybody in the uh, call room. Let's see here. I'm sitting here in the yard. I'm just getting ready to pull out now. So I'm just going to check the chat room real quick and I don't see anybody in the chat room either so we're going to be done with the program for tonight I know it's a short episode but I like to do one chapter a day and uh, this is a short chapter so we'll just uh, we'll be back on tomorrow with a new book I'm not sure which one we're going to be reading yet so uh, once again um, the doctrine of Christ I was going to have a Zoom meeting tonight and tomorrow night at 8 p.m. You can find that at doctrineofchrist.com. And uh, we'll be back on tomorrow with another episode of, of Zion's Redemption Radio Network. Thank you for listening. Take care, everyone. God bless. Goodbye.
Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 